are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 120 of the College Loop Podcast. It's just me and Colin here today. Colin, I actually said you were working last night whenever you weren't in the live stream. Uh, oh, I, yeah, you lied. I was asleep. Um, <laughs> I had my no bad. Idea. Tanned up, um, fell asleep on the couch watching the my Denver Broncos eventually lose. So probably probably slept through the worst of it. Um, but I'm doing good today. I know you didn't ask, but I'm doing great. <laughs> Well, at least at least you had to look up and see if your team lost. I uh, I knew from the get go, uh, as my Carolina Panthers are who are uh, apparently aren't in a rebuild are zero and five, and that's a that's a lot of fun. I'm I'm slowly becoming a happier person now that I know that the Carolina Panthers are never in my region, so I don't have to watch it. I just have to hear about it, which hurts less, I guess. But yeah, uh, we are here to talk about. Auburn athletics mostly and Auburn football starting off right with them. Uh, Hugh freeze had a press conference yesterday in reference to and previewing the LSU game, but he did that less amount of time, but kind of going in depth on some of the injuries, uh, some of the struggles we've had offensively overall, just some thoughts on LSU and then a very funny little tidbit. We also had uh, with, with this press conference as well. Uh, start off with the injuries. It looks like, Austin Keys, Keontae Scott, not going to be playing for the foreseeable future. Uh, I know Scott's, I think we said two last week, that Scott was ahead of schedule in his recovery, uh, but it seems that we might not get him back for a few more weeks still. Uh, still don't know when we're going to get Keys back. Uh, Jalen Simpson is day-to-day, but is feeling better after his injury versus Georgia, and he's going to be a player we're really going to need back versus LSU. Damari Austin listed as doubtful. Uh, Malcolm Johnson also listed as day-to-day. Javarius Johnson's questionable. And, of course, Paziah Nasili Kite also was listed again as out for the season. Just throwing that back out there because Keldrick Clock is going to be a big talking point throughout the week. Uh, but, yeah, just overall thoughts on the injuries, Colin? I mean, um, obviously it's it's good that our guys are getting day-to-day. Um, we're getting closer and closer to being healthier. Um, I think it's funny that we spent all offseason talking about Kendrick Falk. And um, I think it's finally his time. Uh, I know I said he'd be starting by the Texas A&M game. Um, that wasn't really the case, but he will be starting uh, versus LSU, so that should be exciting. Yeah, and I wanted him to earn the uh, the starting spot by just outperforming everybody. Uh, this is not this is not how I wanted Kendrick Falk to emerge as the starting uh, defense. I thought it was going to be the edge rusher, but I guess the starting defensive end. Uh, but Keldrick Falk and Zakevious Walker, both listed by Hugh Freeze as vital parts who are going to have to share snaps for this defense in a game that's going to be very, very, very heavy on the shoulders of this defense with Jaden Daniels uh, coming, not coming into town, uh, but us going into Baton Rouge to play Jaden Daniels, who just to go into the LSU game, I mean, Hugh Freeze had nothing but praise to say about Jaden Daniels. Yeah, he, he said that he wouldn't be surprised if he's a Heisman finalist. Um, and I don't I don't think I would either. He's been tearing it up over there. Um, obviously, I think what Auburn's going to have to do is is not play into his game, uh, make it not a shootout, and Hugh Freeze talked about that at the press conference. Yeah, and uh, just looking at Jane Daniels, if he, if he didn't already have two losses on the season, 
I think we'd be talking about him as probably the Heisman finalist if he had beaten Florida State and Ole Miss. But, you know, the Heisman Trophy, let's give it to the best player in college football, is a, is a team award, if you were unaware of that. Uh, but, yeah, talk about shortening the game. Uh, Auburn's offense is going to have to run the ball a lot. Uh, this defense, you're going to be focused on trying to slow down Jane Daniels and Link Neighbors and all these other guys that are just so star-studded on this LSU offense. But LSU's defense is very bad, uh, horrendously bad, uh, one might say. Uh, but you don't want to have to try to – you do not want this Auburn offense to try to keep up with a high-powered offense. That is the worst possible thing that you could possibly ask for for a team that has been struggling week in and week out offensively. And I think you're going to have to run the ball a lot this game. Just a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I think 40 carries if you want a chance. I don't, do not put this game in the arm of Peyton Ford. Yeah, I think this game comes down to time of possession. Honestly, it's how often you can keep uh, Jane Daniels and the LSU offense off the field. Because Hugh Freeze talked about it in the press conference. He said that it's not going to be about completely stopping them. It's about holding them to field goals. Um, and that's that's what we're playing against, which is a wild thing to say because you you would hope your coach would come out and say, yeah, we want to we want to just shut down their offense completely. We want to we want to stop them. We don't want to let them score. Now nah, Hugh Freeze came out and said, yeah, there's probably not a good way for us to stop them. We're just gonna have to hope and pray they can just just kick field goals. And if this game just comes down to the leg of Alex McPherson, I feel pretty confident in that. Uh, but yeah, LSU defense very very bad. But I still don't trust any of these quarterbacks enough to throw the ball against a defense that I am – and the rest of college football is very low on because it's off this defense. I cannot overstate this enough. The defense is bad. It's very bad. But uh, you first asked about the offensive uh, play calling and everything. Uh, I think Mike G asked this question talking about uh, looking at a change of philosophy. And he frees completely against that. He is going to keep the philosophy the same, kind of making sure that RPOs just kind of get called better and making sure that the, as he said, the identity uh, in the passing game matches the personnel. And I got to be honest, Auburn does not have an identity when it comes to passing the ball. So that already just, Auburn has to find an identity uh, in their personnel this game if they want to have any luck passing the ball the rest of the season. Yeah, that was something else that he he really harped on was just the fact that wide receivers aren't coming down with those 50-50 balls um, and said that that is something that they're going to have to do. They're going to have to make contested catches and that Peyton Thorne is putting the ball in the right spot, but it's just down to the receivers to come down with the ball. Yeah, and uh, the biggest kicker of all those was uh, he said that there was 10 plays that cost us the Georgia game, uh, six of which he put on the coach's shoulders. Uh Looking at those, I think a lot. There was a lot of plays that just were very boneheaded plays to call, uh, and it, I'm trying. I would love to see the film session and see what exactly the, those six plays were, and or just the ten in general. Uh, and he did say that we. I love that he call, he calls all the players kids, because I guess yeah they are to old people, <laughs> older people. Sorry, older people. Uh, yeah, it's watch weird, out there. This is a weird thing to say about a bunch of college kid, college students, college kids. Well, you just you just did it. Yeah, but uh, what am what am I to you, Dylan? What am I? You're an employee. Okay, that was not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> well, 
tough. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> looking at looking at, I mean, there's also those six plays that were uh, just dropped by our receivers who probably could have brought it down but didn't. A couple of those balls that were kind of listed as drops were just bad passes. Uh, a couple of those were. Uh, one that comes to my mind is the Jay Fair slant route that would have gotten him murdered had he caught it. Uh, but then also like two yards above his head. Uh, but overall, I don't think he – Hugh Freeze is the best coach at saying n- everything and nothing in a press conference. He's the king of that. Uh, but he did bring up a nice little tidbit talking about uh, how he, uh, the position coaches uh, were enlisted with calling each of the parents of the players during the bye week and just kind of seeing uh, any kind of input they have on uh, how the program is being run, I presume. Uh, he said the parents enjoy Hughes' Monday meeting life teachings. Uh, feels like they are cared for which something you didn't really get from the uh, previous administration who didn't even know when some of the recruits were even on official visits. So that's, that's a, that's a nice change of pace, but uh, Colin, I'm going to go ahead and let you, let you harp on this, this tidbit. Cause I know how much you, uh, you have a feeling about some other uh, coach and the, uh, the in, in coaching college football right now. Uh, Hugh Freeze said that I uh, was asked about uh, the noise, uh, artificial noise practicing with that to, in hopes to get ready for this LSU night game. And he free said, yeah, I heard that this you know, noise during practice is a new thing. And he said, it's not, which it is very much not. This has been going on forever. Uh, and Colin, I'm gonna let you go ahead and have your, have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> I just thought it was a little, I just didn't anticipate Hugh freeze to take a small little shot at Dion at the press conference today. Um, cause it's in reference to Dion talking about, it wasn't really Dion. It was more the media really harping on the fact that Dion used crowd noise to prepare, um, Colorado. So I think it was either USC it was or Oregon. Um, don't know which one, uh, they will, it would have been Oregon. They played yeah, so to, to get ready for Oregon. Um, and they kind of made a big deal of that, which I don't know. I feel like that's, that's standard. Um, but whatever. Uh, we we also talked about Dion's trademarks uh, back before the show. I think I think Brother Hugh needs to trademark Brother Hugh, um, among and other he, things. He needs a trademark Yahtzee because that's not already a copyrighted thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you if you can go look it up, all of Dion's trademark uh, uh, listings are very much very stupid, and are just coming. It's like whatever the I, uh, that one YouTube channel like tried to copyright. The word react, yeah, which was I like dumb. some of them, like working on twerking is a fun trademark. I don't know how they're going to use that, but I, I just don't. I don't want to say I don't care enough, uh, but I don't about what's going on over at Colorado to really listen to all these other sayings coming out, and I just think it's so dumb that he just has like sixteen, <laughs> like f around and find out. That's something that gets said by everyone in the world but Dion wants it that makes no sense uh but like coach prime understand prime 21 completely understand coach prime uh prime time uh all these other stuff that kind of makes sense within the 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 sphere that is Colorado football and Dion Sanders makes sense but 
some of those are just very stupid. Uh, we come in, we hear, <laughs> just simple sentences. But if you say it, you got to pay Deontay's royalties for it. That's that's crazy. Well, quit saying it then, dude. We're gonna we're gonna have to pay some some coin. So with that, we're gonna be starting our own copyright and trademark uh, list as well. Uh, I'm taking what's up, guys. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, this has been the College of Podcast is being trademarked. Uh, so if you ever say anything like that, you owe us five dollars in royalties for every time you say it. Feeling um, loopy. Feeling loopy. That is also going to be trademarked as well. And just the word loop in general. Uh, feeling, feeling, loop, loopy, looper. All those the words shape, being the shape of circle. We'll take that. Exactly. Uh, any arrows going around, we'll take that as well. Uh, but to move on from this conversation, to go into the depth chart real quick and. Only real difference with the depth chart is the fact that Keldrick Bacco is now listed as a starter. And that's pretty much it. But also, I don't think this depth chart really gets updated all that much. No. Not at all. Like, not even oh. a little bit. It's like, oh, this guy's hurt. All right, just take him out. That'll that'll work. Well, Damari's still playing, allegedly, on the yeah. depth chart. So, and Apparently, it's still a conversation on whether or not Robbie Ashford or Holden Garner are the backup quarterback. Uh, I think that's that's all the... All the funny things going on in here. Uh, did Jeremiah Wright get hurt? Oh, no. He's listed as a backup right tackle behind Xavier Miller. There we go. I was looking for him. Uh, yeah, this off- the offensive line also is very weird. Gunnar Britton, officially a guard now, I presume. Uh, I don't really know how to feel about that. I felt like he played better as a tackle. But if they're going to have him as a guard, love God, keep him as a guard. So we can stop getting these stupid, stupid penalties. We didn't get any against Georgia. But I swear if we get any against LSU, I'm a loser. You have Dylan worked up. Yeah, you about to have a very angry Dylan Lark on the next College of Reaction show. Uh, and with LSU being listed as a 6 o'clock, was it 6 o'clock, 6.30 kickoff for LSU? I think it's 6.30. Say, 6.30? Let me fact check that before we look stupid. That'd be a good idea to do. But the Ole Miss game has also been listed as a 6 o'clock kick as well. So, officially, Auburn has a night game in Jordan-Hare Stadium against an SEC opponent. Uh, and, yeah, LSU is 6 o'clock. So, back-to-back 6 o'clock kicks for Auburn against two SEC teams who are going to be in – Auburn is very much in a very important state of they need to win both these games because you have both teams that are very – that kind of play to the strengths of each team. I don't think Ole Miss has a great defense. Auburn needs to find a way to exploit that. LSU doesn't have a good defense. Auburn needs to find a way to exploit that. And both these games are going to be very big on making sure this Auburn defense is as good as we think it is. Uh, but yeah, Ole Miss at 6 o'clock is going to be huge, especially because Auburn doesn't lose to Ole Miss. At least in my life. I guess not my life. Everybody's lifetime. Ole Miss, not really a threat. Uh, so I'm not going to knock on wood. I'm pretty confident in that. I'll put on the goggles if I need to. But I don't think I need to. Ole Miss just doesn't beat Auburn. And last year, I give Potato Man, I forget those two years exist. Or the one year he lost to Ole Miss. But that's that's it. He get, he get, they got their one. Uh, but did you know LSU is currently an 11-point favorite? Um, No, I did not know that off the top of my head. Um, I might be surprised it's not a little more, just based on how high-powered their offense has been. Um, listen, LSU is a good offense. They have a not not a good defense, but their offense scares the hell out of me. I mean, their offense is like generational level. 
but that defense, that defense is god awful. Like yeah. I, I, I under like it's different. Like I can see it being a twenty point spread just because the offense is just that good. I can see it being like a three point spread because the defense is just that bad. Mm. So I guess eleven is a happy medium between those two. But then again, like that defense is going to keep Auburn in the game somehow, some way, and Auburn's offense is going to look competent uh, against that that defense as well. Uh, and also going on on the. Let me find, I don't know what date this actually is going on. So that's that's a fun thing. But the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game is coming up. And Auburn has one, two, three, four, five current commits who are going to be playing in this All-Star game and a couple other guys sprinkled around who are Auburn targets. But let's go on to talk about the commits. Jaden Lewis, uh, four-star defensive back. Malik Blockton, a, I believe he's a – Either a three, he's a either a low four or high three star from the fast twenty twenty five from Pike Road. Uh, you got running back Fat Burnett also playing this game. Four star wide receiver Bryce Kane and five star wide receiver Perry Thompson, all listed on the twenty twenty three All Star Football roster for the Alabama Mississippi All Star game. If you have not seen this game before, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's just a bunch of high schoolers playing around with each other. And again, in the Crampton, I believe it's still in the Camp Crampton Bowl, uh, unless I am just wrong on that as well. But I've only seen the game once. Uh, it's it's basically a Pro Bowl, but for high schoolers. So, you know, but high schoolers from Alabama and Mississippi, exactly. The two most talented states. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. When I think of the premier high school level talent, I'm like, oh yeah. Alabama, Mississippi, one and two, and move over California and Georgia and Florida. They ain't nothing. They ain't, they ain't nothing. But I will say Alabama is having a is having a like nice little streak of having a lot of good five stars coming coming from the state of Alabama. I think Alabama has kind of mustered their way into like a top seven in high school talent. Yeah, I think that's a very fair to say. Seven to eight, probably floating around there. Yeah, because I, I what is it? It'd be California, Georgia, Texas, uh, Florida, California. I said California is one. California, oh, Georgia, well. Florida, Texas. Does uh, New York? And not New York. I'm trying to. What are the states I'm forgetting about? I know there's some because I'm sitting here. I'm like, damn, what is he forgetting about? Because we're not. We're Missouri's not five. Had a Missouri's had a little streak of. Some decent five stars, but I wouldn't put them. They're not five us. either. Tennessee, I'd say Tennessee has, has, has some good ones. Uh, Louisiana has some good ones. Uh, Louisiana's good. They got some speed from Louisiana. It's a lot of. I'm trying to think southeast. Uh, Oklahoma. I was thinking them, but Nebraska I don't know. maybe. I don't know. Maybe Alabama's like six, and we could just <laughs> cut yeah. it there. Uh, but, uh, until you figured, what do you, you, so you're trying to figure out what states have the highest, like, yeah, I looked up a list, but this, this is not important at all. <laughs> well, Ohio, it's, there we go. <laughs> okay. Come on, but you know what is important? What's important? The college loop branded shirts. They're available for only $25 on warport.com. Coming in five colors. You have navy, you have heather navy, you have heather black, black, and you have heather gray as well. All very comfortable shirts. 
the most comfortable shirt, one might say. Uh, we've talked to multiple clothing outlets. They have been very jealous. They've been talking to us on repeat, trying to figure out what exactly we make these shirts out of. They'll never know because we ain't telling them. But they are comfortable as I'll get out. So go get you your College Loop branded Feeling Loopy t-shirts now. Once you get it, post a picture of it with the hashtag Feeling Loopy and you will be on the show. We'll, you showed us love by getting the shirt, so we'll show you love on the show by showing out uh, your own Feeling Loopy shirt. So get that for If you want to type it in the search bar, well, guess what? It's in the description below. So go ahead and go get you a shirt today. Uh, now to move on to basketball, Andy Katz uh, from, I believe, he's from CBS, right? Mm-hmm. Or am I? CBS. 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 Listed Janai Broom as the number two power forward in the country. Just further filling my head with the hot air of this Auburn team is going to be a national championship contender uh, this this year uh, because everything I've been hearing about this basketball team is just, this team is freaking loaded. Dude, I'm I'm so excited. Basketball season cannot get here quick enough. I'm already like planning road trips to all the close SEC schools for our away games. I'm pumped. Where's SC tournament this year? SC tournament, I believe, is back in Tampa. I could it's- be wrong. Um, I know we had a great time in Tampa that, <laughs> that one time. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a lot of fun in Tampa. I know you only got to enjoy it for what two days, three days. Yeah, before everyone got got covid it was a tough trip well our basketball i believe is only it's in the 20s days away uh from coming back into our our hearts and minds and focus and first make sure november 1st november 1st against uh auburn university of montgomery uh and then six days after that you have the baylor bears uh and the why are, why are we playing them in South Dakota? Um, I don't know. It's I think it's one of the biggest mistakes. We're taking like a premier Big 12 powerhouse of the past few years and obviously the best SEC basketball team of the past like six, seven years of, in Auburn. I would say making ever. them play in like a 2,000-seat gym in South Dakota. Um, You're taking a Blue Blood from the SEC and, a, and Baylor and – Taking them to So Falls, uh, South Dakota. I listen. the 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 six fans that go are gonna have a great time. <laughs> well, don't worry, because three days after that, they'll be back in Neville Arena for Southeastern Louisiana. But again, we are just under a month away, and I mean, just to even count the days, we are three weeks away from Auburn basketball and women's basketball as well. So, a lot of fun there. And we are going to be so hyped up for that. And I hope y'all are as well. Now to kick it back to softball, who wrapped up or didn't wrap up quite yet, but they got done with two more games in this fall ball season, uh, taking down AUM and Alabama State, beating AUM 5-1 to and beating Alabama State 4-3. to A little bit of a slower outing than they had last weekend or two weekends ago against uh, Troy and oh my lord, uh, Sneed. There we go, Sneed. Uh, and Emma Rolf again showing out that she is going to be the uh relief pitcher uh, after Shelby Lowe and Maddie Pinta. Uh, and just overall, this team 
I think it's still going to be very good. It's still going to be very top. It's going to be top five in the SEC again this year. Now, I think we brought in two very good transfers, brought in a lot of good freshmen. Uh, this team is going to be good uh, despite what we lost in the offseason. And then also this week, uh, I, I threw I threw that in, in the soccer tab. I'd say you have a list right there. Uh, but, yeah, Auburn soccer, uh, after losing the Iron Bowl of soccer, went – Came back and played number six Arkansas. And Colin, how did they perform against number six Arkansas? I mean, they won. They beat a top ten team here on the plains. Um, it was the biggest upset in Auburn soccer since 2011 when they beat fifth ranked Duke. So it was just a, a, a big game overall. Uh, Sydney Tibetho, um had a laser of a goal in the 60th minute to put the Tigers up 2-1, and they stayed there the rest of the game. Um, Was their first top 10 win since 2017, I think. So, big implications. And what if I told you that that was not the only top 10 win uh, of any Auburn athletic team of this weekend? Because Auburn volleyball traveled to Gainesville, and I know you are also the volleyball guy on the scene as well. So just a little rhetorical question. Uh, Auburn went to Gainesville, and for the first time since since when beat Florida? It's been a long time. Florida and Kentucky have been the two powerhouse volleyball programs uh, forever in the SEC. And I know it was the first time Florida has ever been swept by Auburn. So it was our first sweep of them in program history. Yeah, first time in forever beating uh, beating Florida, first time in even longer than forever, uh, meaning ever, sweeping them as well, and also got a nice little win over South Carolina. And that was a th- was that three two? That, that right? was three two. They they fought to the to the bitter end on that one. And somehow, after beating, I don't know how the rankings really work in volleyball. I'm, mm-hmm. Is it like is it like an AP kind of thing where people just vote and kind of? Um, I think it's kind of like that. Um, but obviously, it's. Just because they beat number nine Florida, they're not going to go up a, a significant amount just because of how talented schools outside the SEC are. SEC is not quite there uh, on the in the volleyball world yet. They're working on it. I'm just saying, you beat number nine in their own in their own arena. I think you deserve to go up a little bit more than just three spots. I think spots. Florida's kind of free falling right now, but that takes nothing away from what Auburn went and did. Hey, in, in the even in the free falling, they're still number nine when they lost. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> Despite that, uh, and before we get into the last two sports, just to go into the other team that beat a top ten team this weekend, <clears throat> Auburn Equestrian took down number seven Baylor in Waco, Texas. So another huge win for the Equestrian school. No other school better that riding horses than the Auburn Tigers. And did, did that despite having to travel to Waco, where, like he said, they have to. I don't. I don't understand why they have to ride their, yeah. someone else's horses. The question rules are are crazy. They we can't travel with our own horses, so you just ride Baylor's horses after Baylor does it. And I I don't listen. I'm not a horse guy. Never ridden a horse actually, but um, I imagine that Baylor has an advantage there, um, riding them every day instead well, I, of just once when you get off the bus. I remember a couple years ago in I think the SEC championship, maybe, or somewhere uh, where Auburn, I think, lost to Georgia. And mm-hmm. it was in Athens. And it was very weird because they had to ride their horses and use their stuff and everything. So not really in their favor 
there, but I, I think it's, it's, the, it's so lame. It's the most confusing sport uh, on earth. Um, but I know I, Auburn's I, uh, web... have you ever, Have you ever watched cricket? No, I've not watched cricket. Watch I've, it I've watched, you'll change I've your watched mind. them ride the damn horses, though. I'll tell you what, and I do not know anything that's going on. Watch watch cricket, and then you'll well, cr- change your change your opinion on that. Okay, I'll give it. I'll <laughs> give it a look. Yeah, but Auburn Equestrian also on pace to win the national championship. They're uh, I don't know how many games they have, but they're on pace to go undefeated. Uh, <laughs> just throw it out there. Uh, but also, I'm gonna let you hit up on golf for a second because they are now the highest ranked team out of any Auburn athletic program yeah well they're also the highest ranked team in all of golf uh the men's golf team is ranked one after uh this sec preview this past week um jackson coven i believe is how you pronounce his name uh one freshman of the week honors for his performance after in the first match of the year so this is their second second time playing he won sc player of the week like of anyone so he's bursting onto the scene he's doing it pretty well um he shot nine under in stroke play which was the best of any freshman in the sec and then um he beat the number one amateur golfer um gordon Sargent uh in in what's it called match play so he did some work this weekend so very very nice auburn finding another sport that they're just way better at than everybody else you know Every, everything's cool, one might say. Uh, and just a last sport we're going to touch on the day, track and field. Uh, Dontavious Hill, who has been one of, probably one of the best uh, track and field athletes Auburn has had uh, ever, maybe. I think his stats speak for himself. Uh, announced today or yesterday, as we're recording this, uh, announced he will be pursuing professional track and field. So good on him. Uh, I don't... I think his career ended last track and field season. I don't know. There, are there like two track and field seasons? Yeah, they, they do like a, a, a spring and a fall. Um, I know that. Uh, he's been here forever. I also know that. So he's, he's done some good work for Auburn. Time to go do it on the professional circuit. Next level. What are the, what are the professional, what are the professional track and field things called? Is that, is that not just the Olympics? Um, there, there's like the U S globals and stuff like that. Um, ah. on like less, you know, I'm sure it's not as high as a prestige as the Olympics, but you're still, you know, jumping over bars for, for a career. I think that's pretty cool. Well, I said, there's one, one thing, it's one thing being the best at doing that in America. And it's another thing to be the best at doing that in the world. So mm-hmm. I guess there's a little ranking of, uh, of professionalism, uh, amongst those, but I believe we've hit on literally everything we've missed throughout the weekend. Uh, but yeah, Auburn, Auburn football, get ready throughout the week. We're going to have more preview of the Auburn LSU game, the Tiger Bowl, because that game, no matter where it's played, no matter when it's played, no matter who's playing, as long as Auburn and LSU, the game's going to get weird. Uh, look at the last time Auburn played LSU in Tiger Stadium. Bo Nix literally ran, uh, what, 140 yards behind the line of scrimmage? that game it was something ridiculous <laughs> I, I just remember being blown away <laughs> angry then sad and angry again back to happy uh because tyler from caught a touchdown pass uh and somehow it, it's the weirdest thing ever that after what a 20 something year streak that 
that uh, a walking potato uh, was the first coach to beat L- LSU in Baton Rouge and since before I was born. That's a crazy thing. But Colin, what are the what are the two ways that people can support the show? So, I mean, the best and easiest way to support the show is just to like, subscribe, leave a comment if you're feeling crazy. Um, but you also could go in the description and buy the War Damn shirt. Um, yeah, that's that's how you help us, yeah. right? Did I hit it? Yeah, you did. Then remember the War Damn <laughs> shirt and just came back down. There we go, the War Damn shirt again. So in the back up there, just so everyone can see it, love it, and. Think about buying it. it, and with Christmas coming up, it's the best Christmas gift you can possibly give someone. So go ahead and get your college loop, feeling loopy T-shirts yeah. today. Never and too early to think about it. <laughs> but Colin, go ahead and tell everybody I can love you, find and support you, and we'll get out of here. Yeah. So you know, just follow my Twitter. You know the spiel. Um, it's at Byersdorf Colin. Um, that's B E Y E R S D O R F Colin. And of course, I'm Don Lark at your bullet tank on Twitter slash X. It's just right there at your bullet tank at Y A B O Y the tank. And of course, you have us on, have me on Instagram as well at Don Lark at D Y L A N L A R C K. And if you want to follow us here on the college loop, you have us literally everywhere Twitter slash X, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, the works. And we are getting very close to having to uh, having uh, Colin run a little MySpace page. Uh, we're only 366 subscribers away from Colin running a MySpace page. When did that get pawned on me and off of you? Uh, the <laughs> second, the second you signed the contract and got pawned off, but don't worry. Once we hit, I think it was 800. Daniel has to run the college group Reddit, uh, that yeah. we'll be starting. Uh, and me and Tar will be relaxing while y'all do all that. Uh, also, you have a TikTok dance you have to record, so it's you in the drafts. Don't worry, <laughs> you can get that posted then. Uh, but of course, again, if you want to uh, support the show here, you have us on YouTube as well. You like, comment, and subscribe, leave your thoughts on the upcoming Tiger Bowl, leave your predictions, uh, leave your hot takes, and we'll talk about it on the next show as well. And of course, if you want to listen to the show, you have us on Tik or yeah, you have us on Spotify, Podcast, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music. And with all of that being said, this has been, if I can get my mouth working, this has been the College Loop Podcast.